safer sex. Intercourse. Condoms. Sexually transmitted infection. HIV. HIV. Sexual health. Treatment. Prevention. Sexual attraction. Sexually transmitted infection. Hi, I'm Heather. Welcome to the Sydney Sexual Health Centre podcast where we talk about all things sexual health. Today we're talking about sexual health in a context that's a little different to what we do here at Sydney Sexual Health Centre, but that is highly relevant to the majority of Australians. That's sexual health in the general practice setting. Because a person's regular GP is the go-to person for most of their health concerns. Sexual health is often part of that, and we certainly think it should be. We spoke to Elisa Pollack, who is a registrar here at Sydney Sexual Health Centre, and who also works in general practice. So, putting on your GP hat for a moment, talk us through what a GP consultation looks like when sexual health issues are addressed. Uh. So, there's there's not really one typical GP consult. Um, Most often, uh, in the general practice work that I do, though, it will be people coming in who are asymptomatic, who feel completely well, who have come in and said, I'd I'd like an STI check. Either, um, often it's people who've just come out of a relationship or people who are with um, a new partner. Uh, and so that then starts the conversation of, um, of, of, you know, whether they have a regular partner at the moment, whether that person is, uh, male or female, um, and whether, um, they've had any sexual encounters that they're particularly concerned about, certainly if they've been contacted by any current or previous partners, um, to let them know that they've been diagnosed with an STI, so that patient in front of me needs testing and treatment for it. Um, I think importantly, um, the guidelines for a standard asymptomatic STI check are slightly different, particularly uh, if someone is a man who has sex with other men uh, compared to many other groups. This is all really, really nicely laid out on on the uh, Australian STI management guidelines for primary care, which uh, anyone can access at www.sti.guidelines.org.au, um, and that goes through in very nice detail about what's what's indicated. And depending on the situation that person's in, I tend to follow those guidelines and, and go from there. What resources and services are available to support GPs and other health professionals with delivering sexual health services? So um, that does lead really nicely to it. So I think definitely that um, STI guidelines website, um, sti.guidelines.org.au, is a fantastic resource that uh, I use all the time and and continue to use in my GP work even though... um, and they have a lot more experience and exposure to sexual health working at Sydney Sexual Health Centre. Um, it provides information on as a standard asymptomatic checkup. Uh, it also can um, is organised by both um, STIs, so you know uh, what to do for chlamydia, what to do for syphilis, uh, but it also has a lovely uh, section on syndrome. So if a patient presents with um, an ulcer. 
what what should you be thinking of? What questions should you ask? What tests should you particularly uh, be doing? And then it also provides um, fantastic treatment guidelines. So the, the current best evidence base Australian recommendation for treatment guidelines uh, if an STI is diagnosed. Uh, the other wonderful resource um, I think people should know about if they don't is the Sexual Health to Info link, um, which uh, they have a website available of www.shil.nsw.gov.au. Their phone number is 1800 451 624. Um, their staff, every weekday business hours, um, they can be called by both health professionals but also uh, members of the public themselves and um, uh, just an incredibly useful resource for for any question that anyone may have, uh, even if it seems quite simple, um, they'd happily be able to give you the advice on, say, what to do for a standard asymptomatic checkup, uh, down to complicated situations, questions, you know, quite specific, such as false whether the test might be false positive or the complicated uh, things that can happen with deciding what to do about say before. Services like Sydney Sexual Health Centre that work with targeted priority populations like gay and bisexual men, sex workers and people who inject drugs have achieved great results over the life of the current STI and HIV strategies. But we know not everyone in these demographics uses these services. Some people may have a regular GP but not disclose these details of their lives and this is obviously quite delicate for GPs to navigate. What advice would you give GPs on establishing if their patients are in a higher risk bracket for HIV and STIs? Uh, so yes, it's a very good question, as you uh, rightly identified. Um, uh, many people get most of their sexual health through their GPs. Um, from you know personal experience, uh, it can be uh, difficult in general practice, particularly if it's someone. Uh, a patient who's been coming to you for some time and you may not have broached this topic before um, and you may have started to make some uh, assumptions because as humans that's, that's sometimes what we do um, and it can be a, a, a delicate area to approach but certainly um, particularly if you know you, you haven't asked these questions before really just to be to be open with it, and when you start talking about sexual health, you know, getting really comfortable saying things like, "Do you have sex with men or women or both?" and and letting that leave, leaving them that open to to see what that person says. Um, some people can find it helpful to preface that with, you know, obviously the reasons that you're going to, to preface it with saying that you're going to be asking some questions that might seem uh, quite intimate or possibly embarrassing, but you're asking them to help you decide what's going to be best for that person's health to keep to do the best tests and um, to to keep them uh, well. And they are standard questions that you would ask of everyone in this situation to hopefully dispel any worries someone might have about uh, being judged. As unfortunately, uh, members of those communities that you. Uh, mentioned Heather, like gay, bisexual men, people who inject drugs, often have experienced judgment uh, in their life, both 
um, including, unfortunately, from health professionals. So it's, it's about um, asking the questions and remaining non-judgmental and, and taking on board what they say so you can provide them with the best help. How can GPs ensure that their service is welcoming to these communities? It's about being a, a reflective practitioner and knowing that if you're uh, it's an area you're not so experienced in or not so comfortable with, um, going to do some reading around it. There's plenty of resources out there. Possibly a good place to start would be uh, ASHES, which is the Australian Society for HIV, Thyrohepatitis and Sexual Health Medicine. Um, their website is www.ashn.org.au. Um, other things that you can do to make people feel comfortable, um, certainly by uh, display, having somewhere in the a practice a, a rainbow flag or, or even the transgender flag, having some, amongst all the many, many magazines in everyone's waiting room, having some magazines uh, uh, specific to the LGBTIQ plus community uh, can make people feel that, you know, this is, as it should be, a, a normal part of your day to see someone who may be part of these communities and can make them then more comfortable to um, disclose this information to you so that you can best care for them. A major focus of recent campaigns like HIV Testing Week and World AIDS Day has been increasing HIV testing in populations like heterosexuals who account for one in five HIV notifications and are more likely to be diagnosed late, as well as people from culturally and linguistically diverse or Indigenous backgrounds. The emphasis is on GPs to test these populations rather than specialist sexual health services like Sydney Sexual Health Centre. So how can GPs encourage testing in lower prevalence populations? Good question. Um, I think largely by being aware that it, that it is still an issue as, as much as you know, the majority of HIV diagnoses in Australia are still in uh, mental health sex with men, but as you've identified, there's still a significant minority uh, in people who are not mental health sex with men. And so if you're seeing a person, particularly if they have specifically come in for a sexual health check, uh, and they haven't had an HIV test done for some time, um, to, to do that test, uh, because if it's not done, you won't know. Um, it's about being aware of, of that as an issue. So let's close with a big picture vision. When you think about the best possible future for the sexual health of our community, what role do you see GPs playing? I want you to describe your ideal scenario for general practice to improve the sexual health of the population. GPs play an incredibly important role uh, already and hopefully this will only continue and possibly grow, um, particularly as sexual health affects the majority of adults. Um, you know, None of us would be here if people didn't have sex. So uh, it's a very important issue and one which GPs are well placed to uh, help out in. I think certainly keeping uh, sexual health uh, at the forefront of the mind, particularly for uh, young people. The current Australian recommendations are that young people should have a chlamydia test uh, once a year, given that it's, it's high um, prevalence in uh, that population group. And I think that's something that uh, is not necessarily done so well. 
Um, so that could increase. I think that GPs are going to play a huge role uh, very soon in um, dispensing PrEP pre-exposure prophylaxis for HIV, which will hopefully come onto the PBS schedule at some point in 2018, and it's obviously a much bigger discussion than we have time for today. But I think for that to be effectively rolled out and continue the um, wonderful benefits it's already had in decreasing the rate of new HIV diagnoses, that that's going to happen through GPs. So um, those would be some wonderful things I hope to see in the future. We also spoke to Philip Taylor from the New South Wales STI Programs Unit. Um, my name is Phil Taylor and I'm employed by the New South Wales STI Programs Unit. We're part of the New South Wales Ministry of Health and the Centre for Population Health. My job is to manage our primary care program and the aim of the program is to support um, general practice, so GPs, um, around sexual health service um, delivery. Um, and a few things that we're particularly interested in is increasing SDI and HIV um, testing within general practice and making that routine, um, improving the testing and treatment and management of um, people um, who are diagnosed with SDIs within general practice and primary care, and also um, improving the um, partner notification of um, people diagnosed with an STI. So if you're diagnosed with an STI, you're um, the person who diagnoses you should be having a conversation with you um, about notifying um, your sexual partners or um, partners who you've um, injected um, with. So as you say, a big part of your role is um, working in that primary healthcare setting. And two of the four main goals of the New South Wales STI Programs Unit are to strengthen the capacity of GPs to manage STIs within the primary care setting and to strengthen the capacity of non-traditional settings to assist the management of STIs and HIV. Yep. Can you explain to us why it's so important for the sexual health of the community for effective STI prevention and management to be embedded in these settings outside of sexual health centres like Sydney Sexual Health Centre. Yeah, so like you've said, Heather, we've got a quite um, a diverse range of different services operating um, within New South Wales, so both um, traditional publicly funded sexual health clinics, um, but also AMS's um, general practice and other primary care um, settings. Um, publicly funded sexual health services are fantastic, um, but they only see a small proportion of um, the general public. So a majority of um, people um, within New South Wales will actually go see a GP around their sexual health needs. And the majority of people who are at risk of um, STIs within New South Wales, we're talking about um, young people aged between um, the 15 to 29 um, is. So we develop um, clinical um, tools for um, GPs and other primary care practitioners um, to use and one of the major tools that we've um, developed to um, make STI and HIV testing routine is our new STI HIV testing tool um, which has been 
um, endorsed or approved as a clinical um, resource um, by different um, peak bodies. So an example of that is the Royal Australian College of General Practice, Australian College of Rural and Remote Medicine. What this tool um, does, it supports primary care practitioners about getting the conversation started. And so this tool supports um, the GP and provides a couple of different examples about how to raise um, the subject of STI testing and provides them with um, language and words that they can um, use and also points out different opportunities um, for STI testing. So it's not just about a young person coming in and asking for a test. It can be incorporated into a wide range of different consultations. So for example, um, family planning, contraception, travel. If a young person's going overseas, coming in for travel vaccinations, that could be an opportunity to talk about um, STI testing. Mental health, drug and alcohol um, assessment, and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander health assessment. So all of these, they're opportunities to, and to make SDI testing um, routine. The tool then um, provides um, uh, risk assessment questions for the GP um, to ask. Um, so they explain um, to the GP how to um, relate to the young person, why they're actually asking um, these questions, because it can be a little bit confusing and a bit daunting for young people if all of a sudden GP starts asking random questions around their sexual practices. Um, so we provide a brief um, risk assessment, um, which GPs can quickly um, uh, implement. And then um, the G um, tool um, identifies different patient groups who are at risk of um, different um, STIs and then talks about um, how often um, they should be offered testing and for what infections um, as well. And then there's information in the tool around um, contact tracing. So if that um, young person or if that person is diagnosed with an STI, um, their partners can be um, offered testing and treatment um, as well. Um, so this is a key part of our program and it's one of our um, clinical um, management tools which we develop. We also um, provide a different array of um, supports for um, GPs and other primary care practitioners. So we um, de um, develop um, a variety of different training for um, GPs. So this could be face-to-face -face, um, training. One of our recent um, partnerships is between um, New South Wales Health, the Ministry, um, and the Royal Australian College of um, General Practitioners, where we actually go out and educate um, GPs around HIV and STIs. We also have um, online training um, partnerships, so um, GPs, um, wherever they are within their practice, they can access um, training um, there as well. And then we support um, specialist training providers, say so for example, Family Planning New South Wales and ASHAM um, to deliver training um, as well. Part of our work is um, inputting into the policies, uh, which um, influence um, GPs and practices. So for example, um, when um, the New South Wales um, develops the SDI and um, HIV um, policy, we um, implement um, into, we input into that. And the same um, for the clinical guidelines, um, which the GPs follow. So for example, the Royal Australian College for General Practice, they're reviewing their red book, we, we input um, into that um, as well.
So what's the uptake and reception of resources like the STI testing tool been like among the health professionals that it's targeted to? It's been um, incredibly um, popular. Um, so we had it formally um, reviewed by, I think, Western Sydney University um, three or four years ago. We've had fantastic recall amongst um, the, the um, evaluation um, sample, and so much so that we've actually um, produced a new version of um, the testing tool in the last um, couple of months. Um, we take the testing tool to um, conferences, we embed it into um, registrar um, training as well, and the feedback has been um, incredibly um, positive to date. We're starting to work in the clinical management software um, space, so increasingly um, GPs um, don't have paper-based um, records, they have um, electronic um, patient medical um, records, and they're increasingly the place where GPs um, look for information and have information delivered to them um, to. Um, so what we're starting to do is looking at how we can actually deliver our clinical management, also patient information um, via clinical management software. So doctors aren't having to go to external websites, it's all within the software that they're actually um, using. So one of the things that you've mentioned that STIPU gives advice and training and resources on is contact tracing yep. or helping people with a positive diagnosis advise their sexual contacts that they may need to be tested themselves. Anecdotally, we know that this is something some health professionals outside of specialist sexual health services struggle with. Mm. So what are the major barriers to contact tracing and what can GPs and other health professionals do to make this process easier? Yeah, I think it's, there are a few different um, barriers. Um, I think one of them is around um, confusion as in whose responsibility it is and it's actually the diagnosing clinician's responsibility to initiate a discussion around um, contact tracing. Um, that can get a little bit confusing in different um, states. Um, some other states have um, public health units or special government departments that do all of the contact tracing, but there is that difference from um, state to state. I think also it's a difficult um, conversation um, for some um, GPs um, to have. Um, so we work with GPs about um, different um, strategies for having that um, conversation, how that conversation can be initiated and educating um, GPs that patients um, are more okay about contact tracing than um, which GPs might, might think they are. And there's a lot of supports to make um, contact tracing a little bit um, easier both for the GP and also for the patient. So there's different websites which um, people can use to actually um, uh, send anonymous um, SMSs and emails um, if they don't feel comfortable having that conversation face-to-face -face or um, using different means with their sexual health partner would prefer to do it in an anonymous way. So we promote um, the New South Wales Sexual Health um, Information Link as an additional um, resource um, for clinicians to use um, if they're struggling um, with contact tracing or just want a little bit more advice. Another, um, I guess, um, resource to overcome the barriers of not knowing how to actually go about contact tracing is using um, the Australasian contact tracing um, guidelines which is um, a resource um, developed by um, this um, by ASHAM 
Um, that's a fantastic um, web-based um, resource which is um, very practical and gives very sort of specific and detailed um, direction around contact tracing. And then we've also got our contact tracing um, section which is part of our new STI HIV testing tool. So some of the resources that you produce, such as the Guide to Brief Intervention for Prevention of STIs and HIV, um, and also some of the programs in your suite of training programs, aim to help GPs and other health professionals identify patients who may be at risk of HIV or an STI and engage their patients about healthier sexual practices. Mm. We're all about health promotion and encouraging positive behaviour change at Sydney Sexual Health Centre, and this is another one of the main goals of the New South Wales STI Programs Unit. Can you tell me more about these programs and resources and why they're so valuable to GPs? Mm. I mean, I think it's really um, key to provide um, a wide range of different um, prevention messages and look at innovative ways that we can be educating um, GPs. And I think one um, classic um, example was um, for last year's, um, in the lead up to World AIDS Day, we did a lot of work with um, general practice um, around routine testing um, for HIV. So we um, put together um, social media campaigns which were um, uh, delivered by the Royal Australian College of General Practice, the Australian College of Rural and Remote Medicine, so harnessing our relationships with um, peak um, bodies. We also developed um, videos um, for um, GPs around HIV testing, so who was, um, who's typically affected and who should be tested within um, New South Wales, demystifying um, uh, beliefs around um, HIV as a death sentence. Now it's now a chronic manageable um, condition and also educating um, GPs around um, HIV um, prognosis and also um, the wonderful effects um, that the new HIV treatments have in terms of um, near normal life um, expectancy. Um, so we did a lot of um, work, produced these um, uh, videos for GPs, and they not only went out to GPs across the state, but other um, primary care providers, and we're in the process of trying to get those into hospitals across um, the state. Um, as well. In addition to focusing on um, general practice, I think it's really key that we focus on um, members of um, the community um, as well, so not being solely reliant on GPs and other primary care practitioners to offer the test, but also empowering um, young people and other people at risk of STIs to feel comfortable and confident to um, request um, STI and HIV testing if they've been um, at risk um, as well. So within the New South Wales STI Programs Unit, we have our social marketing, um, which is largely a social marketing program, which is largely targeted at, at risk um, young people. Then we've got the work that we do um, within HIV Testing Week and then also um, in the lead up to World AIDS Day um, targeting um, people across um, the spectrum who are at risk of um, HIV, particularly those people that are diagnosed late in terms of um, their HIV um, infection as well. That's been a specific um, focus um, for us and also in frequent tests as well. That was our own Dr Alyssa Pollock and Phil Taylor from the New South Wales STI Programs Unit. Thanks for listening to another episode of our podcast. We've been getting great feedback on this series, so if you'd like to hear more, share the link and subscribe.